Welcome back to Pod Hates Louisa, a weekly podcast where I talk about whatever the hell I want. So recently, the whole air quality thing really started making me think about what we breathe in every single day, and it got me thinking a lot about how I know a lot of kids and other people who vape. I want to start this episode off with kind of like an embarrassing confession or disclosure, which is that when I was younger, I used to be really, really judgmental of anyone who chose to use substances like nicotine because I saw substance use as just that, a choice. I now understand that for many people it's compulsive and at times a biological necessity because the withdrawal from certain drugs like alcohol can literally kill you if you quit cold turkey, you have to taper off. And thankfully I've done a lot of growing up and I now have a lot of empathy for people who struggle with addiction because I have struggled with behavioral addictions myself and I recognize how hard it is to quit and I imagine it is as hard if not much harder when you are physically dependent on a certain chemical. So this is not at all a moral judgment on those who are addicted to nicotine. Addiction, whether it's to nicotine or alcohol or opiates or even a behavior like skin picking or hair pulling or something, is not a moral failing. It's just a coping mechanism for our fucked up reality. A maladaptive coping mechanism, but still a coping mechanism. And with that, let's get into the episode. Today, I want to talk about all things vaping. So I think a lot of people have like an intuitive sense of what a vape is, but don't actually know how it works. So a vape or e-cigarette or vape pen has a couple main components. They have like a cartridge or reservoir or pod which holds a liquid. Most vape juices are composed of propylene glycol, vegetable glycerin, nicotine, and various flavorings. They have a heating element also known as an atomizer, a power source which is usually a battery, and a mouthpiece that the person uses to inhale. So the person puffing on the mouthpiece activates the battery powered heating element which heats the liquid until it becomes a vapor that the person can then inhale. So now I want to talk a little bit about the history of vaping and legislation around vaping. So the first e-cigarette or electronic cigarette as we know it was invented in Beijing by a guy named Hon Leek whose dad actually died of lung cancer from smoking and the inventor was also a smoker himself and he presumably wanted to avoid the same fate and he invented the vape in order to help people quit smoking. That was the original intention and he ended up naming his company Ruyen which means like smoke. So e-cigarettes were actually introduced to the U.S. in 2006 but a couple years later some countries started started getting the notion that these products were not safe. So in 2008, Turkey's health ministry actually suspended the sale of e-cigs, claiming that they were just as harmful as regular cigarettes. That same year, the World Health Organization announced that it doesn't consider e-cigarettes to be safe and effective as smoking cessation aids, which was their original purpose. Health New Zealand did a study and found carcinogens and toxicants in e-cigs, but concluded that they were present below the threshold commonly considered harmful to human health, and that e-cigs were 100 to 1,000 times less dangerous than tobacco-based cigarettes. But this study was funded by Ruyen, which is like the OG e-cig company, so take it with a grain of salt. For me, like, even if there's any amount of carcinogens and toxicants, like, unless it's like actually a negligible amount, I still wouldn't really want to put that in my body, probably. Like, just because it's below the threshold commonly considered harmful does not exactly give me like a sense of security if it's still there in detectable amounts, but whatever. Australia banned possession and sale of e-cigarettes in 2009, and Canada banned their sale, advertising, and import that same year, warning that they contain a known irritant, which is that propylene glycol that I talked about. I'm just going to call it PG from now on because it's like kind of a long thing to say. So PG is a really common base used for vape juice, and in a lot of people it can cause allergic symptoms ranging from a scratchy throat to sinus problems, headaches, and feelings of nausea. When it's used in high doses, and especially chronically, propylene glycol can be toxic. According to the National Institutes of Health, it's toxic to the central nervous 
nervous system and can also cause cardiac arrhythmia and seizures. So not something you really want to mess with a ton. Like it's one of those things that's commonly considered safe in small doses, but again, some people have more of an allergic response to it and it can also be toxic in high doses. That being said, almost everything can be toxic in too high of a dose, but you get the point. So around 2009, the FDA also started refusing shipments of e-cigarettes into the U.S. on the pretense that they were unapproved drug delivery devices. They also tested 18 e-cigarette cartridges and found diethylene glycol, which is another irritant in one of them, but none in the vapor, and the amount in the cartridge, which was about 1%, was reported to be non-toxic. Again, it's like an irritant present in a supposedly safe amount, but there is still some amount of irritant present. Also, some cartridges labeled as nicotine-free were found to contain some trace amounts of nicotine, so the FDA is basically starting to fight e-cigs. But this e-cig company called Smoking Everywhere fought back hard against them, claiming that e-cigs aren't drugs, they're tobacco products, and the FDA can't actually regulate them because they're not drugs. But Obama disagreed with this and let them do it in 2009, so now flavorings such as fruit or mint can be banned, although nicotine and cigarettes as a whole cannot. There's a lot of other history and legislation around vaping, but those are the basics. Now I want to discuss whether vapes are actually effective in helping people quit smoking, because we all know that smoking is a really unhealthy addiction to have, and a lot of people want to quit, and it's very hard to quit. So there have been a few studies on the efficacy of e-cigarettes for smoking cessation. So there was a 2019 report from the Massachusetts General Hospital's Tobacco Research and Treatment Center, which provided the first longitudinal data about the effectiveness of e-cigarettes for smoking cessation from a survey that reflects the U.S. population. So they found that smokers who used e-cigs every day compared with e-cig non-users were more likely to quit regular cigarettes within one year and to abstain from smoking for at least another year. And the study also found that former smokers who used e-cigarettes were no more likely to return to regular cigarettes than former smokers not using e-cigarettes. So basically, that study did suggest that e-cigarettes do have benefits in helping people quit smoking, but they have replaced one way of consuming nicotine with another, which is still dubious in terms of health and safety. We're not sure if vapes are completely safe, although it has been pretty much established that they are not like as carcinogenic as smoking is. But overall, vapes are pretty new. Like again, they were invented around like the early 2000s, so there is just simply not enough data on the safety of e-cigarettes in the long run, and whether replacing regular cigarettes with e-cigarettes is actually health, not just like healthier, whether it's actually healthy. So I want to talk about some of the mental and physical health effects of vaping now. So the first thing is just like the effect of nicotine in general on the brain and body. So when you vape, the nicotine in the liquid is readily absorbed into the bloodstream, and this causes the release of a hormone called adrenaline or epinephrine from the adrenal glands, which stimulates the central nervous system, which is the brain and spinal cord, and increases the blood pressure, breathing, and heart rate. So this ends up activating the brain's reward circuits and increases dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter that is used for rewarding positive behaviors, basically, and the continued use of nicotine leads to addiction, which is financially and mentally draining and can obviously be extremely difficult to get out of. So some components of nicotine withdrawal could be irritability, a depressed mood or anxiety, cognitive and attention deficits, sleep disturbances, etc. And nicotine, the chemical itself, is not known to be carcinogenic, but many of the chemicals that often accompany it are, and many of the methods commonly used for ingesting nicotine are physically harmful. But that does not mean that nicotine itself is like completely devoid of negative health effects. In high doses, it can cause headaches, seizures, jitteriness. That's kind of weird that those symptoms were listed in that order, like seizures, jitteriness. Like to me, seizures seem like a little bit more serious than jitteriness, but okay. And an elevated heart rate. 
And it is possible to overdose on nicotine alone, and the fatal dose is about 50 to 60 milligrams, which I think is a lot. That sounds like a lot to me, but it is possible to overdose on it. So there have been some reports of e-cigarette or vaping-associated lung injury, which is abbreviated EVALI. I guess I'm just going to call it, like, vaping disease, I guess, because I don't like that acronym. It's not fun to say. Eight teens were hospitalized in Wisconsin in 2019, and the first confirmed death due to vaping disease was in Illinois in 2019. And at this point in 2023, there have been dozens of deaths associated with it. And the agent that seems to be causing this is something called vitamin E acetate, which is found in a lot of vapes containing THC. THC is basically the psychoactive component of cannabis. So a good harm reduction strategy, if you are someone that vapes, especially someone who vapes THC, try to avoid THC vapes in general and absolutely do not consume any product containing vitamin E acetate because it's freaking killing people, guys. There have also been a couple reports of e-cigarettes exploding in people's faces, like this guy in Texas in 2019 who died after the e-cig he was using exploded and tore his carotid artery. So that's really fucked up, but that's a risk that exists with some other devices. It's not exclusive to vapes. This vitamin E acetate thing does seem pretty serious. Definitely avoid that. Another concern is heavy metal toxicity. A 2022 study published by the American Chemical Society found lead levels exceeding tolerance limits in most of the cannabis vape liquid samples they tested, as well as levels of nickel, copper, chromium, and zinc all above their safe threshold. So it is clear that heavy metals do leach into the vape liquid from the cartridge, and that is definitely not something that you want in your body in super high concentrations. I'm not gonna lie, when I first saw this, I was like, whoa, could it help with iron deficiency? But like, that was a bad thought to have. It's probably not the best way to get iron. And also like, iron deficiency is bad. Iron toxicity is also bad. You need to keep your iron in a range. It's not just good to eat as much iron as possible. So finally, I want to share just some of my personal thoughts and reflections on vaping. I generally just think there isn't enough long-term data on the health effects of vaping to determine whether it's safe. And there definitely do seem to be some risks, although some of those risks differ from smoking risks. And I think a lot of people have been lulled into a false sense of security and view vaping as like totally safe or so safe compared to smoking that it's basically the same as not vaping and will have little to no effect on health. I think this leads to severe nicotine addiction at younger and younger ages because a lot of like high schoolers, for example, are aware of the risks of conventional cigarettes, but not of the repercussions of vaping and the debilitating effects of nicotine addiction on the mind and body until it's too late and they're already addicted and then it's very difficult to quit. It's also kind of fucked up how vapes are so aestheticized and cute and colorful and like fun flavors like, ooh, oh my god, this vape tastes like cotton candy or this vape tastes like gummy bears or a pina colada. It's almost kind of like they're marketing to children. And I don't think that any kind of serious addiction should really be glamorized, especially one that we still know very little about in terms of long-term health consequences. I also don't think it looks cool. Like some people think like blowing smoke out of your mouth looks cool or whatever. I personally am not of the mind that that looks cool, but to each their own. I do believe in bodily autonomy. And if you've weighed the risks and benefits of vaping and you want to continue doing it, go right ahead. And if you do want to quit vaping and need support, I recommend telling a friend or trusted family member so that they can help keep you accountable. And if you don't have someone like that in your life, you can call 1-800-QUIT-NOW and they can help connect you to a nicotine cessation counselor. And whatever your priorities are, I hope you get to where you want to go. So that will be all for today. I hope you all are well and staying safe and healthy. And I will talk to you next time. Louisa Miller out.